Welcome back to Changing Our Times. I'm your host, Josh Daishi, joined by my colleague, David Ulay. David, September 16th, uh, after five weeks, the Big Ten decided to reverse course amongst the COVID virus and spring football back. How excited are you? Um, pr- pr- pretty exciting day. Um, definitely will give college football having much more of a true playoff champion if we get to that point later in the year. You know, it definitely makes everything a little bit more legitimate. Obviously, the Pac-12 isn't around, but honestly, in the college football spectrum, the Pac-12 is honestly irrelevant. I mean, they're only relevant by their own speaking and their own eyes. So that doesn't really do anything for me. And yeah, it's, it's a pretty good day. I mean, I think the date is a little bit later than they originally projected. I think you're going to have to have a perfect timeline to pull the season off. But, hey, something is better than nothing. And, you know, it's definitely a very positive, positive step. As a Penn Stater, I'm thrilled. You know, they've been discussing this. Apparently, the presidents met with the doctors over the weekend. Um, we said there was going to be a ruling come Sunday Sunday night, then Monday, and there's Oh, uh, Nebraska president came out and said, oh, you'll hear something by tonight. You inadvertently said it, but we didn't hear anything until this morning. It seemed like everything was trending in the right direction, but it wasn't until Pete Thamel initially reported about nine o'clock in the morning saying that they are coming back. And then obviously everyone else came out and reported it. David, they spent the entire weekend discussing this with doctors. One of the things that they've said is, one, there's going to be an eight-game season plus one-game playoff, all right? Now they're going to play eight straight weekends. And as you mentioned, you know, there's going to be a, it's a short timeline. You're, you're cramming eight games in uh, between October 23rd to the end of November. And then they're going to have that one game playoff like they normally do for the conference championship. But they said they're going to be doing a lot of rapid tests, a lot of rapid tests for football players. They didn't mention any other sports teams coming back, correct? Not the, you know, nothing was immediate in the big, like, I don't think that there's been big, big press releases other than just, you know, confirming sources, you know? Like, yes, I but I, 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 mean, I could be wrong. I don't think the Big Ten has come out with like a hundred percent official release if this is all full sports or if this is just football, you know? It's funny, the majority of America probably thinks that fall sports, they think of only football. Yes. No, it's the only sport that generates money and there's only there's there's one other sport in basketball that generates money in the winter and then Sure, not to not to downplay women's soccer, or women's volleyball. No, no, but they they all run at the expense at the college level. If you want to talk about realities, sure. So my my question to you is, Christine Brennan, USA reporter, uh, she's been around a long time. She's not happy. She's calling this one of the darkest days in Big Ten because and saying this is all strictly comes down to money. They're, the rapid tests are only going to be for the student athletes. They're not going to be for regular athletes. They're not going to be for the elderly that live in East Lansing and. In Minneapolis, in um, in State College, it's just strictly for the student athletes. My question to you is this: Yes, cases have spiked all over college campuses, as we referred to this last week. We spoke where there has been zero hospitalizations. You know, so the question to you is: Is the Big Ten making the right decision by joining the Pac-12, the Big 12, and uh, I'm sorry, the uh, SEC, Big 12, and um, ACC? Well, uh, the one the one thing I'll say about whatever that lady's name is, Christine Brennan, um, she's kind of it's very short sighted in the sense of what the rapid testing. I would imagine I could be wrong. These rapid tests aren't being donated to the Big Ten. I'm sure that they're paying for them. Yeah, you 
Oh, well, David, without a doubt, let's be honest. We'll with <laughs> so if they're paying for the test, it's not like these elderly communities and stuff like that would be paying for it. No, they would they would be getting it for free in some way, shape, or form if that's through the government. So if you're going out and buying the test, I have no problem with it as long as it's not government resources that are be given, being given to the schools for free. If that's the case, then I would have a major problem with them. I, I would have to say, I would have to agree with her in the sense of, yeah, that's not a great use of testing, but... I find that hard to believe to be 0% true other than that they are buying the test and they are a company that like the NBA, like MLB, sure. like anybody else, any of these big Amazon, some of their offices and things like that who have rapid testing, you know, it's no different. They're going out and privately buying the tests. And let's be honest, Big Ten football is a business. Okay. Yeah. TV, TV revenue generates almost every school that's, over $50 that's million why all the a athletes year. Want to be paid. Yes. Now, one of the things that I look back and I'm, I'm thrilled for is that, you know, Justin Fields, Ohio State quarterback, he started a petition that garnered over 300,000 signatures that we want to play. As you know, preseason, early preseason polls had Ohio State number two. Penn State was ranked seventh. Um, you know, these teams, they got these, I believe in many cases, from what I understand, a lot of these programs have continued to practice throughout summer and even more so throughout the fall. So do you honestly think that even that the Big Ten Big Ten coaches actually thought it was going away? Um, no, I, I think this – they thought at some point they would come up with a solution. Originally, you always heard Ryan Day say in the start of January. Then, you know, talking about maybe in December. They could, I guess they always had an idea that something was going to happen, you know, relatively quickly. I mean – well, the one thing that I think I think they became they, they, they talked about it in the spring, but they realized, you know, you're not going to you have the SEC, which is obviously a powerhouse. You've got the ACC that's playing with Clemson. Everybody else is kind of like second mm -hmm. fiddle, and then the Big Twelve, which you know Oklahoma's been great for years. Uh, Lincoln Riley, you know, has followed Bob Stoops and done a phenomenal job there, um, and they were never going to have a playoff without the Big Ten, like. The Big Ten pictures are like we're moving forward with you guys or without you. Now all of a sudden, the Pac-12 is talking about coming in late uh, next month, late uh, November, which is still interesting because no nothing's open in California and nothing's open in Oregon and Washington. So I don't know how Larry Scott's going to be able to pull this off. What's your thoughts on? Do you think the they'll have like I don't know a miniature maybe five game schedule? And if so, should those teams count towards? Uh, the playoff picture? No, because the, the the thing about the Big 12, not the Big 12, the Pac-12 is if they have any sort of a, what's it called, a shortened season, they shouldn't count because they haven't been there. And the, they have been completely irrelevant as far as just college football goes, you know. You know, they're, they're not, they're not a what's it called, they're not a power conference when they've gotten into the into the playoff. I think it's been maybe two times they've gotten into the playoff. Yeah, like it's been Oregon a while since they've been back. In Washington, Oregon, they, they're they like one and two. You know, they're not good. So the, the Pac-12 can do whatever they want. They have no – it has no effect on college football itself. No matter what anyone wants to really argue, the college football playoff has been just fine without the Pac-12. And I could argue that, you know, there are teams outside of it, maybe the Mountain West, and uh, um, the American Athletic that, you know, 
have been more deserving of opportunities than even the, the what's it called the Pac-12 or have maybe even been a stronger conference on the top in the Pac-12. You know, that might be unpopular opinion, but you know, the Pac-12 has been a relatively weak football conference. Outside of Oregon, who's really been there? I mean, Washington. Well, Oregon mentioned. was good last year. The year before that, they weren't that good. You know, Washington yeah. was good two years ago, but they always seem to lose two games, three games, you know. And USC has been irrelevant as far as I'm concerned since Pete Carroll was the Yeah, USC is irrelevant. You know, Sam Darnold had the one year where his freshman year. Like, I'm not taking anything away, but what I'm saying is they really have not been that good. So they, even I think in an eight-game season, in a shortened season, they shouldn't get a benefit of the doubt where the Big Ten can easily get my benefit of the doubt. Even if they had played five games, I could say, well, you know what? I can pretty much tell you Ohio State's one of the top four teams or if Michigan was killing it, Michigan's one of the top four teams, or Penn State's killing it, probably one of the top four teams based on reputation and realistic, you know, realistic yeah. place. Not to mention, you know, not to take anything away from from some of those traditional powerhouses like USC and, and uh, UCLA, in terms of ratings, I mean, they're traditionally always down. Yeah. And that's why they don't get the TV revenue that, that the powerhouses like the Big Ten, like the Pac, uh, like the uh, Big 12, and the SEC has. I mean, for me, I, I'm thrilled. Uh, waiting for it. It's like Christmas morning. Um, can't wait to see, see Penn State in about a month. I'll be very excited. Obviously, disappointed that Pat uh, Frumworth, their uh, t- tight end John Mackey Award nominee, he decided to opt out as long as well with Mika Parsons, who is projected a top five pick. You know, I understand it. I don't like it, but because I think the more you play, you know. Uh, I think you'll miss out on it. I mean, looking back in life, you'll say, man, I wish I would have played that year. It would have been great because, you know, David, you were in athletics. They're like your brothers playing with each and every day. Money's going money's to be there no matter what. Um, one of the things that I, I also saw the fact is that they're going to be testing, you know, the cardiologist. You know, they're going to make sure their hearts are all right, which is good. Um, obviously, there's, you know, there's been, there's been signs that the disease has uh, an impact on your heart and your lungs. Um, it should still be taken seriously, but you know, things are starting to move forward as you, as we're saying in the Northeast, we finally got the permission. We have a conference call on Thursday, uh, tomorrow night with RAD and the parents about doing outdoor practices. Schools actually that have been closed and talked about doing hybrid now are pushing to open up at the end of the month, bringing them back full time, which is tremendous as far as I'm concerned. Yes. I think you're going to see spikes, but how severe is it? We don't, you know, if you're six, stay home, that's what it comes down to. You don't have to play hero. Just stay home if you, and look forward to taking part. Wear a mask out in public. You know, when you're on the playing field, as we're going to see, these guys aren't wearing a mask. I thought the NFL has done a good job so far. In fact, they ripped Sean McVay, uh, Los Angeles Rams coach, and I think the, and uh, John Gruden, the Raiders coach, for not wearing a mask. Uh, they threatened, you know, major fines for next weekend. So, David, in terms of what you're seeing and what you're hearing, how how do you think? Why? What do you? What made what made the Big Ten come back? Um, Is it money? It's it's definitely money. I mean, I think a lot of outside pressure. You know, you know, I think a lot of people are pointing to in the media right now. You know, Ohio State and the pressure that they put on the rest of the big on the Big Ten. You know, I think you know, I think this has been the works. I think when something that the media doesn't want to acknowledge right now is, you know, a few weeks ago, obviously Donald Trump came in and basically, you know, 
you know, brought a lot of these people together and said, let's try to make it a solution. You know, right now, no one's acknowledging that aspect of it. Like they won't talk about it. So I don't know if he had any effect or not. I would have to imagine it had a major effect because from that moment on, you know, it always seemed like the wheels were turning in the right direction. And well, yeah, there are a couple school presidents that downplayed his impact. Yeah, but... they, they won't talk about it. But, you know, I, I don't know one way or the other. It seems like, though, it definitely, you know, he was a galvanizing leader in that aspect of this. You know, I could be wrong, but that's what it seems like from the outside looking in, you know. Well, he definitely took credit for it to the outside. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, it seems like, I'll put it this way, from the outside looking in, if you don't take, you know, Obviously, everything becomes highly political. It seems like he had a lot of influence. Now, a lot of these school presidents and universities who would initially support Joe Biden in the race have basically poo-pooed it and said that this was in the works beforehand, and he's just come. He came in at a time when he knew this was going to happen, and long story short, is now trying to take credit for it. You know, I don't know one way or the other, but well, either way, I'm glad it's back. Well, the president's had influence. Uh, let's not forget this. One thing he did do is he brought a lot of the, you know, major manufacturers in terms of automobiles. And during the time of the pandemic, and they stopped working on cars and they started building ventilators. He's yeah. done things like this. He's also brokered a lot of the pharmaceutical companies working together to get the vaccine out. You know, um, so people can say whatever they want. You know, either way, you're never going to win uh, when you're, when you're talking about Trump. If it's in the positive, someone's always going to find something negative. Um, David, Ed Ogeron, national championship head coach, uh, mm -hmm. reigning, he came out this yesterday and said that he believes his entire team pretty much has had COVID. Now, we've seen spikes at LSU. We saw them at Clemson this year. We saw them at Ohio State where they stopped practice. We saw them at other places. He uh, basically almost mentioned herd immunity. He was almost glad all these players had it. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Well, it, this will go back to a thought that Boomer Sison had, I would say sometime in August. And I remember sending this out to a few friends and someone said, Boomer, better be very, very careful on what he's actually saying. Basically, Boomer Sison on his show said, Clemson and LSU, from what he understood, you know, you know, he said he hadn't heard reports, but what he was hearing and things like that, that they might have literally been trying to get the disease. And people say, well, that's crazy. You know, there's been, as we always point out, the last two episodes, none of these college kids have gone to the hospital. So I think in some ways, you know, did they spread amongst themselves and then, you know, conveniently now pretty much the whole team has it, or if they haven't had it, you're basically in herd immunity. I think it's very possible, you know. He, he did say those players were not quarantined. So. Yeah. I think it's basically he's hinting at saying, like, yeah, we tried to get it and we did, you know. And I could be wrong, but it really feels that way. And a little bit of, a, a little bit of that actually does seem a little bit reckless because, you know. Well, yeah. We, 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 we don't know the severity of the disease, but yes, yeah, so we can point to the fact that there haven't been hospitalizations recently and all that, but still you're in the point of where you have one side of people saying this is a very contagious, highly deadly disease. And there's another side that will say, no, you're, you're no, 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 you're fine. And you know, what the thing is the heads of these people on both sides are very smart people. You know, yeah. oh, these yeah. are highly educated. These are, so it, it, it 
that's where you I still come off with the caution, you know, wear the mask, do everything I can, because, you know, these are still very highly educated people on one side. And maybe I would love to hear the side of me personally, what fits me better is, oh, it's not contagious as that. I think that's what everybody wants to hear, but oh, it's contagious. I'm still I mean, aware of the other side of it. And that's why, you know, we are wearing masks and things like that. So absolutely. Absolutely. So it, it's very weird. It seems reckless, but you know, at the end of the day, I can't prove what I just said. And exactly. And obviously it's working for them because now they're going to be ready to go for the next three months. Yeah. And if they don't, no one comes back and gets, gets uh, infected again. Yeah. It could definitely yeah. be a huge play for them as they, as they get ready to start up next weekend. David, um, as we're sitting here on, on September 15th, let me, here's what I'm thinking. Do you think at some point they will stop uh, the Big Ten because they have eight games and eight, eight weeks to play? What do you mean that, that they will, like someone's going to break out with COVID? Yeah. I think at some points a team will break out with COVID. I, I do. I, I just going based on the fact that what you've seen with Houston and Memphis and then Tennessee, Tennessee, and then Virginia, Virginia Tech, Tech. You know, yep. it all takes is one school and then it's going to stop everything. And I think that's why the original proposed date of the the ninth and 10th that was being thrown around last weekend seemed yeah. a lot more logical or even the weekend before we could have one built in universal bye week at the end of the year before the, you know, yeah. Well, as I mentioned, there will be no fans uh, yeah. right, right now. We've seen fans at Notre Dame. We've seen fans at other places throughout the country. Yeah. Um, disadvantage or advantage? I think it's it's a. I think the team that's a major advantage for is Ohio State. Disadvantage for the bad teams. I think you could say, well, yeah, the the horseshoe it gets crazy and all that, but I think the best teams is, it's always an advantage for without fans because you don't get caught up in the whole you know, one night in October or one night in November type of deal where fans are going crazy and two or three series can spiral on you with the hecticness, the noise, you know. I, I witnessed it on both sides, Penn State in a win and Penn State in a loss. Yeah, and, and, and I always think that, you know, I'm basically will end up being – I know teams are traveling to one another, but with no fans, it's basically neutral field, all that stuff, you know. You know the best teams usually tend to come out and win. You know. Yeah. So all right. So the Big Twelve kicks off on Saturday. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the people are already talking about the new quarterback. Um, they really very high on him. Already a Heisman candidate. What's your thoughts on on him? On who? Spencer. Spencer uh, Rattinger. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't know what, what to think of him. I mean, obviously he had a big game against Missouri State, uh one double A team. I think he'll be very good. I mean, I don't think he's I don't think he's Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield good, you know. I think he's very good. Obviously, you have um Oklahoma who has basically been a quarterback factory the last few years and just puts up ridiculous numbers at the quarterback position. So really what you know, what is this season going to be based on? Can you get to, can you get to the, can you be Texas this year? Who seems to be the only other team of that level? Can you win the big 12? Okay. You've done that. Really the season becomes based on, can you win a game in the college football playoff? And I don't think that they're going to be good enough to do that. So if you had to pick the college football playoff, it would be, if everybody gets through. If everybody gets through it, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, 
I'm going to say Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, and it's either going to be Texas or Oklahoma. No, nah, uh, I, I think Oklahoma drops a game somewhere, or I think it'll be the second team in the SEC, maybe a Georgia. A new quarterback as well. A new quarterback as well, but, you know, Georgia's always pretty good. Georgia, maybe maybe Florida, you yeah. know? Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I think Oklahoma will drop a game somewhere. And I think that what's called, I think we're setting up for two SEC teams this year. Okay. All right, well, I will leave you with this. I will pick my final four. I'll go with Alabama, Clemson. I'll go Ohio State, Penn State. You ain't getting two. You, you, you're not going to get two from the Big Ten, but okay. I think Penn State's going to be on a mission. I think James, this could be James Franklin's year and a shortened year. Um, they have a good quarterback that's coming back. Sam Clifford, the receivers. Journey Brown's going to be a stud again. Uh, you know, their offensive line's senior-laden. So this is their year. They can do yeah, it. I, I, I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't disagree. I just uh, don't. I disagree with the premise of I don't see any way the Big Ten gets two teams in. Okay. On a shortened season, but I could be wrong about that. All right. Well, listen. In uh, normal year, I would, I could, I would definitely say there's a possibility. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question. What'd you learn today? Oh, what, what I learned today. Um, what are you looking testing for? is not being is not going to the right places according to some. You know. Yeah, well, that's Christine Brad, Brennan. Okay, let, let's just give everything away. You know, the, we yeah. we talk about this, David. The Big Ten's a machine; they produce money. All right. Yeah. Football, football is their is their bell cow, and when the, the network, the Big Ten network, uh, pays out almost fifty million dollars a year, they need to have they need to have programming. I'm tired of seeing the 1982 Penn State versus Doug Flutie game. My father watches on a regular basis. He's like, oh, you never <laughs> see this play. It's like, come on, then we've seen enough. You know. So they need programming, and they're going to get back in a month, and I'm looking forward to it. I also hope other fall sports follow suit with women's volleyball, women's, women's soccer, uh, lacrosse, whatever else, you know. Um, yep. So let's take us out, and uh, we'll catch up another time. That sounds good. And for this time, for next time, actually, this is Changing the Times. Mm-hmm.